like all of that stereotypes of, of how you get into it or how it happens is not it's not they're not true. Right. Some of the some of the uh, women were um, got involved because of homelessness, and that was their only option. And because so their babies didn't starve, that's how they got into mm-hmm. it. Okay. And in in our you know in our communities, um, they can see vulnerable. There's some yeah. right. horrible ass people out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And they will they can sense it, and they will swoop it up and whatever. And so, um, and then the oldest person that we we. Um, we interviewed was like 65 years old and she was a grandmother who was taking care of her uh a foster care for her grandchildren wow. and she could not get enough money to sustain the household for the grandbabies because the, the the her child the parent was not around so that's how she engaged hello everyone thank you for tuning in today for another edition of meet the shoe Today, we will have a guest from the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Her name is Guadalupe Lopez. Thank you for allowing us to interview you today. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to, um, I'm actually very honored that you wanted to have a visit. So, I'm good. Um, We want to know everything about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your organization sure. and um, how you have helped the community and, you know, any information that you have that will um, assist anyone um, as far as sexual assault, any outlets that they, you know, anyone in the world might or in the state of Minnesota um, can use. Um, okay. All right. We'll open up to you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we are a tribal coalition. So we started back in 2001 um, under the Violence Against Women Act. And so that actually the Violence Against Women Act is a federal legislation that was put in place to help survivors of domestic violence and sexual violence, stalking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all sex trafficking. So um Specifically in tribal communities, we we're, we have a different kind of uh, um, relationship with the government. We're we're government to government, right? Mm-hmm. So we are people of color, but we're indigenous, and we have different rights as as because we we're the first people here, right? So that really changed it if for us. Um, so our coalition started in uh, two thousand and one because there was. Um, there was a, a serial killer that was, was targeting Native women in Minneapolis. Wow. And so uh, there was a lot of sexual assault and there was some murders hap- murdering happening. And um, I think community members were getting um, outraged on what do we want to do. Uh, law enforcement was not helping us in the mm. way that we needed to be supported um, for our, our relatives being harmed. So um, we also know that we have really high rates of sexual violence in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the racism on top of it, it leaves it um, where our justice is not being presented fairly to us as indigenous people. So all of that combined for women organizing and, and native women, when we organize, we organize big time, right? Just right. like, just like black women, just like right. Mexicana women, all of those, like we, we need to take care of our people. So they went after this funding. So it started with uh, just like education and training to support um, survivors of sexual violence mm-hmm. and all of the topics. Since then, we've grown very big um, where we are now a national technical assistance provider, and which that means is that we uh, get funds 
from uh, the federal government government again, where we do education and training. Um, one of the biggest things that we did as far as part of a program was we did the Garden of Truth report and we didn't have federal funding to do this specific report. Um, we ended up getting a small amount of money from the Women's Foundation and we knew that um, prostitution and sex trafficking was happening in our community, but nobody wanted to believe us because we didn't have numbers to back it up. We mm-hmm. didn't. So um, we just had anecdotal information of relatives telling us mm-hmm. or um, or some survivors and, and a lot of our relatives went missing because we know that when women are used in prostitution and sex trafficking we disappear mm-hmm. and because of like I said racism because mm-hmm. of um, poverty because of all of the reasons why we don't we don't nobody looks for us mm-hmm. or nobody cares or it's our fault that harmed happened to us because of we're promiscuous or we were doing drugs or we were doing all of whatever it was right mm-hmm. so um we wanted to get this story for our people. And so 105 uh, of our sisters came forward and told their story about um, how they experienced and survived sex trafficking or prostitution. So if it wasn't for our community um, being brave enough to step forward, we would have not had been able to write the report that has um, changed our funding in in our federal government um, to get help. Okay. And as far as funding, what... Um, did they assist you with as far as that goes? Like, what what it, what struggles did you have to go through as far as making sure that they gave you the proper funding? Well, it's um, when you're working with uh, the Office on Violence Against Women, it's under a, co- a cooperative agreement. So there are partners with this, right? So okay. they have a lot to say. They get a, they get a lot of uh, say so. Okay. Of, of how and, and what so there's parameters on how we can use this yeah. this funding wow. but there but there are organizations specifically to help women and um, men and transgender uh, mm-hmm. relatives be, who are being used in sex trafficking or being you know to um, escape from prostitution mm. um, we are not a direct service provider okay. so we are the ones that go and um, support organizations who are the frontline people who are doing street outreach who are doing you know um housing services who are doing other services support services so we we support those organizations so we're like the backup for them right Mm -hmm. so there's like almost like different tiers on how this can help um one of the things that we're doing right now is next um it, it, we're having a, um, a sex trafficking conference in Tucson, Arizona, and mm-hmm. um, it's going to be the second one of its kind. Uh, we held the first one in um, California, and this is going to be the second one. It's uh, sex trafficking in Indian country, and um, including Alaska. And so um, it's a two-and-a-half-day conference, and a lot of um, my colleagues have put a lot of time and effort um, in working with getting this organized. Okay. And so it's going to be for law enforcement, prosecution, service providers, all of the people. Like, what you what do you need to know to help? Okay. So and the signs to see that sex trafficking has happened. Yeah, and I think so. Here, here's here's my biggest my biggest thing. Um, when I was when we first started to do the the report, I had I had my own. 
um, judgments or mm -hmm. my own stereotypes or whatever I thought that media had told me or my community had told me about mm -hmm. prostitution and sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it was a choice, that um, it was uh, an easy way to make money, like all of these things. But but I think that one of the things that um, we I learned the most about in um, listening to my relatives telling their survival stories was that um, it's not... Like all of the stereotypes of, of how you get into it or how it happens is not it's not they're not true. Right. Some of the some of the uh, women were um, got involved because of homelessness and that was their only option and because so their babies didn't starve that's how they got into mm -hmm. it okay. and in our you know in our communities people know um, they can see vulnerable there's some right. horrible ass people out there right mm -hmm. and they will they can sense it and they will swoop it up and whatever and so. Um, and then the oldest person that we we um, we interviewed was like 65 years old, and she was a grandmother who was taking care of her uh, a foster care for her grandchildren, wow. and she could not get enough money to sustain the household for the grandbabies because the the, the her child the parent was not around, so that's how she engaged mm, okay. in survival sex. So like it's just it's more way more common than we'd like to admit um, because of all of the. All of the things that make it okay, we we have we create a, our communities create a social uh, like a perfect storm for right. this kind of violence to be not seen mm -hmm. and not um, helping the survivors. And um, as far as the survivors, um, have you actually seen like a huge number from let's say versus when the indigenous in, help me say indigenous indigenous um, people in the beginning. Um, versus now, have you seen like a major change in like the help that they got from back then versus now and all of, you know, like did the outlets, you know, rise versus back then? Like it seems like back then there really wasn't a voice versus now it's like a major, you know, change more. I see more native people getting more respect because no matter what you guys earn the like you deserve the utmost respect because like you say you were the first people so as far as government goes like do you feel like they're working more towards you know everything is a process um more towards you know giving you your voice giving you respect do you feel that yeah yes and no mm -hmm. okay okay so this is what i have to say about so we can keep on throwing money at the problem right. and pretending like right. that it's going to fix it, but mm -hmm. it isn't going to fix it if we don't change our social norms, mm -hmm. our social norms of um, not of, um, of of the highest removal of um, black and brown babies being mm -hmm. taken out of homes, mm -hmm. um, indigenous babies um, being lost in the system of social services mm -hmm. or um, things like that, um, that we're not addressing sexual violence mm -hmm. appropriately. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, one of the um, there was a person who worked on sex trafficking, um, and I think her name is Andrea Dorkin, and, and one of her things that, uh, her quotes that always sticks in my head is that um, child sexual abuse is, is boot camp for prostitution. Mm. And what does that say? Like, it, it, it's, and so that's, that says something to me, and not that everybody's, you know, it's, 
people always want to deem the person like, well, you had a different choice or or um, they want to say if you were involved in prostitution versus you were snatched up by sex trafficking, mm-hmm. it's, it almost pins us between good victim and bad victim. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's not true. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have different choices mm-hmm. um, and we have all different lack of choices or pretending of, of what our, our true choices are. Mm-hmm. And so unless somebody has survived a cold winter in Minnesota homeless hmm. um they don't know what that feels like no. right or no. or a you know a drug addiction because they're escaping from memories of child sexual abuse or whatever it could be right grief it, trauma whatever it is it, like so i think that when we're talking about our relatives and um i think what 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 society wants us to do is pin each other against each other they mm-hmm. want to pin black against native they want to and you know um, maybe Asian against Mexicans like mm-hmm. all of it and mm-hmm. and we need to work together to help our people yes right because if I'm hurting you all gonna hurt right, right. and that's shown right? right because the most marginalized person if they're not getting help the most um, the most invisible person um, we all suffer because I know this is one of the things that I'm learning is that native people indigenous people we are hyper invisible in mm-hmm. the United like people be like oh you still alive oh damn I didn't even know you were still alive mm-hmm. but yet black people are hyper visible mm-hmm. in crime and mm-hmm. news and all right. of this stuff and so right. like it, it, it's on purpose yeah it's all on right. purpose mm-hmm. right i was blessed uh, when i was younger um i have cousins that are indian <laughs> and so one thing that i remember about um the native culture that constantly stood out that my aunt um, she was she married my uncle and then you know they had kids and um, uh, she taught us like the native culture as far as like when I was little she used to make this bread fly bread yeah mm-hmm. and I was like a, from a baby on like um, always like held on to her always you know she had really long beautiful hair like I'm getting sentimental thinking about it because one thing about her she would always teach us to have our voice, mm-hmm. right? And um, she uh, constantly would tell us about the culture, like, you know, we were the first people here, and, um, you know, everything in life isn't going to be fair, um, that, uh, you know, that she would always feel like, you know, she, I guess her growing up, they wouldn't have a voice because, you know, Native people are so calm, you know, until you really have to really piss them off to for them to, you know, attack. And it's like, you know, people take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so I would see her all the time, even if, you know, someone would... At, at rowd, you know, rowdy in front of her, she would always calm the situation, you know, mm-hmm. and she always had, you know, peace pipes and sage and, you know, just everything. So I did appreciate, you know, learning that from her. And um, she always would talk about how um, every that like as you grow up, everything is going to be a fight. <laughs> and she would and now I understand what she means about that is because she, you know she never she just felt like she never get her just do on nothing you know mm-hmm. so just you saying that that's true it's like every time any person that is a victim it's always a but this but mm-hmm. that and it's like how can you say but sweep you know it under saying? the rug yeah sweep it under the rug especially with sexual abuse because you can't tell somebody no means no 
you know exactly um being taken is that's definitely a no you know and it seems like every time a person that you talk about I'm speaking on a not sex trafficking as far as like you getting snatched away but like being persuaded you know what I'm saying that's that's a that's definitely a form of it as well because mm-hmm. you're still exactly you're you're still doing something you don't want to do mm-hmm. still doing something you don't agree to do but you may feel like you said being homeless in Minnesota mm-hmm. Uh, in the winter time, mm-hmm. like you'll do anything not to be cold. You'll do anything just to be in a comfortable environment and mm-hmm. to have food in your stomach. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Exactly. Yeah, and, no. I, I, um, yeah. as far as um twenty twenty, what do you want to see happen this year? As far as um, what do you want to see? Um, as far as law. As far as, you know, just organizations coming together to help victims of sex trafficking, what do you want to see happen? I want more survivors to come forward to start their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, like, one of the biggest things that we learned from, um, inter- uh, you know, like, talking with our community was they wanted services by their own people. Mm-hmm. They wanted people who understood what um, they went they they went through so they didn't have to re-educate somebody who's like no I went and no offense and I'm not saying like mm-hmm. college is not an important thing but mm-hmm. you know like oh uh, what what I what I see a lot in my community is a lot of non-native people going to school because they love them some Indians and then mm-hmm. come in and then try to come and save us mm-hmm. no we, we, we got our own answers the black right. community we have our own answers mm-hmm. we have the Me- Mexican community the, the communities of color we have our own answers but we don't get the space to do right. our own work exactly because people want to come and say this is how you do it so I think like um, I want survivors to know of um, and and because it's not like that's I'm gonna go I'm gonna back up a little bit because one of the things that I personally interviewed like 36 of of the of of our of my sisters right Mm -hmm. and these were the strongest Mm -hmm. most intelligent bravest fierce women I've ever met Mm-hmm. ever 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 mm-hmm. but they were never given the opportunity to have that shine up because of possibly because of incarceration mm-hmm. um you know like oh you got a you got a record against you yep, or whatever right. or this and that or you know what i mean this and, and so there's no room for like what i did and mm-hmm. this is what i learned from it or this right. is who i am now right right, right. so we need we I need my sisters. Right. I need all my sisters. Right. Right. To know Definitely. that they're worth to, to know their worth and to know that we need you because this this will not stop without your voice is helping it, but I'm going to say something like this. This will not stop without our brothers stepping in and trying to stop it, too. Because exactly. It's not just the, a lot of men. They're not the only ones causing harm. The ones that are just saying, like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You still causing harm because you're letting it flip and happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So just because you aren't out there pimping or or buying children and using prostitution or sex trafficking or, or women or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you knowing about it and still not stepping up to do something, you're still causing the harm. You're letting it happen. Right. Definitely. Yeah, that's a a roadblock that I constantly face as well as being a felon and just having a black mark, (laughs) as they would say, against me um, as far as that and not being able to get into certain doors. And they're doing it now on the corporate levels as far as like they seem like a high percentage of felons being in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. So they've put points and places to prevent you from even 
getting a home like that's just something so simple you know what I mean and even with the high raise of of rent right now like more women are feeling like that they have to do just the bottom things under barrel things just to have shelter mm-hmm. right now because they're not they're they're like basically almost eliminating section 8 i mean it's there but there's so many landlords that will not take section 8 and right. yeah of course in any instance uh there's always going to be bad where there's good and the landlords are not um, accepting it and then they'll say that they will accept it but they want you to go through like a probation I'm, I'm, I'm on probation while I'm living here it's like okay mm-hmm. hey if I pay my rent and I take care of the place that's all it should be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um, even though I'm a landlord and, and I um, I only accept section eight but there's not everybody you know that's like me mm-hmm. so even with the as far as the shelter and then as far as job goes everybody knows like you have this are you you know when's the last time you committed a felony are you a felon you know those type of questions shouldn't even be asked I feel if you're if you can do the job like mm-hmm. that should never prevent you but I mean I know we may have a long a long time before we get there but um another thing we wanted to know um we have this segment on our show called the shoe moment right and so it's something that um as far as the company that you represent um that may have been the most impactful or detrimental thing like either one what can you tell us a little about that impactful well i think Trying to create space for for our relatives. So um, February 14th, mm-hmm. we have a march in Minneapolis, and okay. it's the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. That's how it started, MMIW. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, and this is for our missing and murdered um, relatives. Oh, wow. Um, like I said before, we, we have a, uh, in the black community, too, we have um, are they they're not looking for our babies the mm-hmm. same way that they look for other babies mm-hmm. right no mm-hmm. I remember being very specifically little um, and when um, when there was a high profile case being um, um, it was a young young a young boy mm-hmm. um, was same age as me was being abducted and I remember th- clearly thinking we were both twelve years old at the time thinking um, thank God I'm not white because they get kidnapped all the time. But right. turns out we get kidnapped too. Yes. They just don't come looking for us or they mm-hmm. don't highlight us on the news. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, now that we have social media, there's a different way that we network as people. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have a march to raise awareness um, and to um, just to, to come together to organize kind of, you mm-hmm. know. So um, February 14th, that's what we do. Um, we also recognize that our trans relatives our uh, trans sisters and and brothers are going high you know high murder rates and, and mm. go missing too because of the because of the transphobia that's in in um in our society and so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they are included um 
and our LGBTQ relatives. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. I think that's something that, um, that is a, a really high moment. So it started like five years ago. This will be our fifth March. Mm -hmm. It was started by community. It's led by community. Um, people come in March. Last year, I think we had over 2,000 people come in March with us. Okay. And so I don't want it. What I, I guess what I want to say is, is that um, I'm tired of our communities being so siloed by what like only native or only black or only whatever right. and, and, mm -hmm. and I know that it's on purpose and so mm -hmm. I'm really trying to step out of that um, right. mm -hmm. myself and, and making sure I'm um, I invite other relatives to come join us to do mm -hmm. this work mm -hmm. and what does it mean and, and support them doing their work too mm -hmm. how do I right. show up for you mm -hmm. not right. just you show up for me but how do I show up for you and what do you want me to do even if it's just to stand there or to like hand out whatever it is I'm there because right. We, right. we need that from each other yes and, and what time is that um, March 11 o'clock mm -hmm. and it's going to be at the American Indian um, the American Indian Center on Franklin Avenue yeah um, and so it's yeah we have like there's a lot of organizing done um, okay. we have a rally inside of the gym mm -hmm. um, and so I think that it's a really come come join us oh, okay. yes you yes. can thank you and can you let the um, viewers know um, how to contact you sure mm -hmm. right now our website is being worked on because they they, <laughs> they hacked it and they linked it to pornography oh which, no right but you know haters gonna hate so right, right. They, don't, they, don't, they don't want us to do our, uh -uh. our important work so we're actually working towards that okay but um we do have a facebook page and it's under okay. the minnesota indian women's sexual assault coalition okay. our acronym is musac m-i-w-s-a-c okay um right now and so usually when our when our website is up and it will be up shortly um okay. it'll be miwsac.org so that's how you can locate us um and so yeah we have a facebook we have an instagram account apparently and then uh then we have our um website so awesome. all right thank you all for tuning in for another episode of meet the shoe